Hello, hello, hello. Hey, guys. What's happening? Hey, guys. Happy Wednesday. It's a crazy big, show. We got a big, big 100. The big 100. And we've got a current tornado warning going. <laughs> Hail yeah. happening. So if you hear thunder, it'd be awesome if the lights went out while this was happening. No. I mean, it would be par for the course, right? Right. And who do we have here? Who's the man number 100. of the 100th episode? Stop. Is it me? It's, it's you, you. Ross Patterson. Oh, Thank you so me, much. Ross Patterson. Come on. <laughs> Dude, you, know, you don't know. To you guys talk about what the weather is production-wise, all that stuff. This is like Jesse and I for episode 100 for, for Ross Patterson Revolution. Right. It's insane. Like Crazy. We've had so many issues over the past three months you know, three months yeah. you know, internet dying and, and everything else happening i love my husband dearly but i had no idea what a drama queen he was until like the last four months so it's been a yeah look awesome. I, when you get involved in something like this like it starts off all fun and games where you're like <laughs> ah, no big deal i'll do a podcast with my wife it'll be fun yep something for us to do and then as it keeps going then you start worrying about production set design internet storms all of it equipment and you're like dude this is a lot more stressful than just having a fucking podcast it really is <laughs> it's hilarious and you just sit back and go i think it started small and simple um and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and don't get me wrong it's fun and it's been really fun while we've been in this pandemic but i also like to give greg a hard time this has been perfect for it yeah <laughs> it's kind of a fucking whatever sorry i'm trying to get our other shit so we, again we are a grassroots no um, shit upstairs living room or you gonna tell people who they're watching what did you say the bar is open with Beth oh, and Greg? No, see, forgot about the whole <laughs> intro, dude. Saw you yeah, on there. Yeah, bar is open with Beth and Greg. I'll I'll do your intro if you there want. There you go. I got some starstruck. Greg yeah. Lamontagne and, and his wife Beth are bringing you the hit. <laughs> <laughs> you can check us out. All of what you're going through is what Jesse and I went through as well, and we just did it earlier. Where yeah. I think our episode was like maybe four or five years ago. And same thing. We were up in the attic. We had an extra room up there. I remember. Separated from the the kids. And you do it and you're like, all right, cool. I hope this will become a thing one day. Uh, but you really don't know. And it, it, as you're going along throughout it, um, you know, you get to 100 and you're like, ah, shit, this is cool. We did 100 in our upstairs loft yeah. as well. Right. And then... Low, you know, slowly, little by little, it keeps gaining steam and people. And then you're like, ah, oh, shit. All right. Well, we should probably take this out to the garage. Uh, <laughs> and the garage, you're dealing with the elements of that, of heat, cold. Bugs. 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 Uh, rain. Because you, you can hear rain through the mics and all that other stuff. Absolutely. And then parking your cars in the driveway and not in the garage anymore. And, and then it's a whole new set of problems of like, shit. This is successful. This is good. We need to hire a marketing team. He says uh, we need people. a college. I just I hire a, a college, a college kid to come do our our producer stuff. And I need a papa, stuff. dude. That's it. And that's what it starts with. Like you, you do the college person, right? 
And then that's not good enough where you're like, well, I'd like to have my own monitors and everything. And then that's not good enough. And then next thing you know, you got 14 employees. Then you got to worry about these fucking cocksuckers. And <laughs> then here's what's going to happen is then you miss the times where you were just in the attic. And no lie, I looked at Jesse the other day. <clears throat> there was some problem in here or whatever. And I go, fuck, man, fuck these people. This would have been so much easier just up in our attic again. Or just stay in, in the attic. Attic. Right. So let me ask you. Whose idea was it to do the podcast, yours or Jesse's? Um, so Jesse, overall, is, is a podcast fanatic. She loves podcasts more than life itself. All throughout her day, uh, to a fault, because I've always got to pay for her fucking phones, is she has a phone in her back <laughs> pocket, no protector on it, and it's listening to some podcast all day long. So if she is cooking or doing dishes or out in the yard or wherever she is, there is a podcast going. She is the, the, the podcast messiah. Well, when Drinking Bros took off, um, I looked at some of the other guys and I was like, hey, is anybody else doing multiple podcasts? And she said, yeah, there's a bunch of people, you know? Um, it was like Tom Segura and those guys or whatever. And I was like, oh, great. I was like, you're funny as shit. We should do a show together. Yeah, um, absolutely. But the way it was pitched was, because Drinking Bros was so big, I thought, you know, with Ross Patterson Revolution, it was going to be me interviewing celebrities and would be more of a Howard Stern and Robin format. And then yeah. she would chime in and then it would be about the guests. Well, what happened was we got, I don't know, 40, 50 episodes in. The guests didn't do well and nobody wanted to see them. They just want to see the conversations between me and Jesse. And so... After, I think, maybe episode 150, we just gave up on guests. Okay. Yeah, I remember. So we've had a few. We've had, like, friends who come in town. Um, usually we're all drunk, so they're usually a hot mess <laughs> episodes. Um, but I think, like, you're our first true, like, not-in-my-house guest. <clears throat> so You literally are the first person we've had on Zoom, dude. Like, oh, it's fun. That's awesome. This was a That's shit awesome. show, me getting everything set up. <laughs> it was fun, dude. It's all stress until, like, we just sit here and actually fucking decompress and have a conversation. So cheers, bro. Cheers, Appreciate yeah. it. We always like to do a cheers. Yeah. To the, cheers. To the Otherwise, there's no drinking. You the bar's open. Thanks very much, yeah, man. Happy 100. I mean, look, I, again, you'll miss it later if it explodes and you get employees and all the other shit where you're just like, man, the conversations and everything was so much easier when it was just you two up in a, in a room in your house versus all this other stuff. Um, not that this isn't great because it is, but if something goes wrong, you got to yell at your employees and everything else. <laughs> right. And you're just like, dude, it's business. You get this right. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, business. and look, Jesse was so good at it, audio and video. Cause she edited all the audio. Yeah. She did for drinking bros as well for years. And she was so good at it that when people couldn't that we hired couldn't match her standard and they were professionals who were trained in it and whatever i was like the fuck is wrong with you guys so that's the you thing know? right you learn your way into this whole thing and we've like i've had other people help me out and kind of figure this out as we go and like just from the production and figuring out all the behind the scenes it's taken a lot it's taken we literally started in the garage on an iPhone. No, we started in the backyard on an iPhone. Oh, there you go. Same thing, right? Yeah. And it's just progressed. And 
we didn't have this fucking pandemic, we probably wouldn't be doing this. No, quite, honestly. we probably wouldn't have. <laughs> Greg needed a hobby, otherwise he was gonna die. And now look, no shit. And I was yep. gonna go to jail. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, look, you know, even me, like now, you were talking about the Zoom, like, dude, yeah. we're dealing with guests on Zoom every day for all right. these other shows. I look fucking blurry. Uh, I don't know how the sound is. And that's, you know, on the other side, we're interviewing celebrities. It's the same way. And you're yeah. just like, shit, well, COVID. And you're like, all right, great. When the fuck is that going to end? Yes. Because um, I'm right. tired of hearing that as well, <laughs> where it's just like, oh, sorry, it's COVID. You get it, it's COVID. We are supposed to do a live show in Louisville on Friday night. And we couldn't get a location because all, we found out bullshit. later all the locations closed at like 11, like last calls at like, 11. What the fuck is that? Like, yeah. Yeah. So real well, quick, before we jump into the deep questions we have. Deep. Questions for you. Deep. All right. Sure. I just want to throw out there real quick. Hey, everybody go out, visit the Bars Open page on YouTube, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, do all that stuff. You don't mind. Give us a thumbs up. up. Give us a like. Hammer the like button out there, you guys. We've got quite a few people out there right now on the boards. So one of the cool things is coming from the nooners and the boards and all that stuff with you guys, right? And following yep. off of the Drinking Bros and the Ross Patterson Revolution and all that is that we're all friends. That's kind of the cool one of the cooler things, right? That we get to Yeah, and it's it's genuine. I mean, shit. I don't yeah. know how many times we've all hung out and right. and all of our listeners and you know, look when we moved to Austin, that was one of the bigger parts of this was we were able to see the analytics behind the page. I think like off of drinking bros, you know, it's got 10.3 million listeners. I think 2.1 live in our uh, Texas. So it was That's like, crazy. Hey, the door is open. Come and watch a show. Come and meet us, come and hang out. So like uh, we do these watch alongs for UFC and uh, the NFL draft tomorrow night and all that other stuff. And it's like, Hey, just cruise into the studio because we feel like we know you just as, as much as, as you know us. Yeah. And, and it's fucking rad. And it's like, when you're here, cause you guys have been here, it's like, yep. Hey dude, the beers in the kitchen in the office, like help yourself. Which is an amazing I, kind of thing. It's literally except like, I was too hung over to partake. I was like, oh, I'll throw up <laughs> the election show. <laughs> the election Everybody show. was hung over. <laughs> right? I was home and in bed by like 10 45 or hotel room by 10 45. It was a blast <laughs> from what I remember. Yeah. We li- I literally had to walk. In. But yeah. So let me go into a little bit of background for, folks that are watching us that may not know Ross and your background. So I've got a, sure. I've got a quick list of things to, to spotlight on you, buddy. So uh, number one, you're a championship coach, the Blue Dragons, number one. So first Woo! and foremost, right? Soccer. Best in the biz. Best in the business. Under, I'm an under six championship head coach. Under That's all that matters, bro. Yeah. You're a champion. You're six. And You're if you guys ever brother. get a chance to go out and check out his the podcast, it's in it's in some of the I don't remember what episode you had it on, but it was a while back. But he's got an eight foot fucking cha- uh, trophy or whatever. I think it's so, right here. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, so, bro. If you can see it, Ross Patterson, Coach of the Year, obviously. Yep. Fucking dope, uh, dude. Champions, Blue Dragons, Team of Destiny. See. Um, and then funny. down below. It's uh, coach, father, mentor, teacher, champion. It's all that matters. That, that's right, bro? that's, that's, that's I mean, awesome. <laughs> so when you think People about it, yeah, that's why I put that at the top of the list, right? You You're should. a father and a husband. <laughs> well, 
I'd put generous lover at one, but whatever, man. Well, I mean, I mean okay. Well, everybody knew that. Fuck, dude. Whatever. <laughs> generous lover, father, father, husband, and then mentor to young sorority women. You know, fathers without oh, boundaries, but obviously. Yeah, the 18 charity. to 23 or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, 18 to 22. And, uh, 22. and that's just helping sorority girls at Arizona State kind of. Yeah, my alma mater. This world. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same age group that you ask if we can adopt often, right? That 18. No, that's creepy. <laughs> no, I just want somebody to help clean my house. Fuck, sure, 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 <laughs> yeah, sure. Exactly. And you're a pod, so he's a pod, podcast host on Drinking Bros under Tetherball yep. Media, but Drinking Bros. Um, he's got Ross Patterson Revolution. And then you guys have a million other kind of things going on. Conglomerates right under that? Yeah. Yeah, we have uh Drinking Bros Sports. We have uh Icebreakers with Chuck O'Dell and Adam Ray. That Ryan. just started have, out. Uh, a Conoblast, uh the History Channel, um Softcore History. We have Drinking Broettes, we have and whatever else I'm missing, I apologize, but uh, I think there's one more. Try to keep yeah. them all under under the same list, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. But I did I did go out and count number of episodes you did you're like 1525 dude that's insane me personally yeah drinking bros yeah, drinking that- bros sports and ross patterson Revolution. oh man you know what's weird is it's actually more um because we've had two buzz to airs and then if oh, you there count are those. the shows because those have aired fake news uh isn't under that category so that's another hundred but uh oh, there you go yeah we've, we've also filmed shows that haven't fucking aired <laughs> We Dead have two serious. of those. Yeah. I, where, my God, man. It, it One person would have been going to prison for a long time. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, I'm dead that's, serious. That's fucking great, dude. That's awesome. Dead serious. And it, it's a friend of ours. And when he dies, we're going to release the episode. Good. All right. We definitely should. <laughs> Hopefully it's not for a little while then. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. We have to end it there because his lawyers called the next day so like shut up oh yeah that's fair let's cut it off at that point shit crazy oh yeah and i it's one of those things where it was like that uh doc on hbo where the guy said that he fucking murdered the girl at the end and you're just like whoa wait wait, what going to prison right (laughs) i have footage like that yeah i i feel that the person was justified in this occasion so whatever (laughs) Shit, I probably shouldn't say that. That's That's all right. Nobody knows, so. You have a very limited audience. This will be so far gone by the time you actually get to release that, that, you know. I'll be so far gone by the time that I remember it. Um, I just (laughs) drink big boys tonight, you know? Big boys. Sleep on the the Jack Sesh bed. You're good, dude. No, don't do that. No, it's in there. It's in there. That thing is fucking disgusting now. Yes. (laughs) Oh, shit. Friday oh. Night Jack Session. That's another show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there, there you go. You, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. New York Times bestselling author. Correct. Fucking rad. Think about that. Correct. You've written four books. Uh, Is it only four? I've four I, books. I, I, went, I think so. So technically, I think three uh, have been first, on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. One for sure that was on for, you know, nine weeks in a row. That's a strange one because um, it's curated and right you don't yeah. you'll never know the answers there's a there's a list that comes out at the end of the week uh publishers weekly that tells you actually how many books you sold okay three of them would have qualified for like 
number eight or higher on the New York Times bestseller list. But I mean, they're only putting shit they want in there. So like, yeah, you know, Michelle Obama is going to stand there for another three years and, and shit like that. But I will say this, like that was one of those where I, you know, <clears throat> that list comes out, pardon me, on uh, five o'clock on Wednesdays. So okay. you get, you know, when it's coming out, you get that call, you think you've sold a lot of books, you go to the list and then you see your name on there and you're like, holy shit, I, I made it like that to me. I mean, I've done a lot of crazy shit with all these movies I've started and everything else, but like that one thing was kind of a stamp on life where if you die and, and some kids ask your kids what your dad did for a living, you say he was a New York times bestselling author. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's pretty much game over. Right. Or if I'm at a dinner party with people I don't know who don't know me or whatever. And I'm, and they're like, what do you do? And it's like, well, your husband's a fucking New York times bestselling author. Like that's a big one that people respect versus like being a movie star where I yeah. starred in like 30 fucking movies. But the problem is if you go out to a dinner party or somewhere else and somebody says, what do you do? And you're like, I'm a movie star. The first question is always this, what movies have you been in? So then you go through them. Right. And you're like the new guy. Didn't see that. House <laughs> of Dead. Didn't see that. Except it didn't see that. And the next thing you know, you're gunning through 25 movies. They haven't seen <laughs> any of them. And then you feel like a fucking loser. Who's like, just fuck like, you, man. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I just read you off my entire IMDb. Right. You're the dumb one, dude, who hasn't <laughs> seen any of this bullshit. Like, don't treat me like I'm a fucking idiot, right? <laughs> and it got to a point where Jesse and I would lie to people. If it was strangers, would be like, oh, we're in marketing or whatever, right? Just flat entertainment. We're in the entertainment business. Well, I wouldn't say that. No? I would just say that I'm in marketing or something different because I didn't want to answer that question where. What have you been in? The, yeah, the, what do you the, do in the it? embarrassment you feel when they've never seen 30 fucking movies, you're just like, oh my God, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm a loser. I'm a fucking loser. You're not a loser. Uh, however, Ross. when you hit the New York Times bestseller list, that supersedes everything where it's just like, oh, well, shit, you're a big deal and that's great. And and that, that kind of kills that conversation, at least. Yeah, it stands. And that's what I really appreciate about that is, like you said, it, you're putting it up there as something that stands in time, right? The movies yeah. are cool, but when you talk about like your kids looking back and shit, you're like, dude, my dad wrote the first romance novel. The romance novel. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and things like not necessarily that way, but you know what I'm saying. But no, even but, like writing with Matt and doing those sorts of things, right? That's fucking pretty incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, here, here's the other thing about it too is like. You know, it's sort of like the movies. When you tell somebody you're a New York Times bestselling author and then and then they say, what book? Then they feel ashamed that they hadn't read it because yeah. dead serious. And I, and I run into that a lot. It's interesting. They're like, uh, you know, they're like, I, I was like, uh, thank you for my service. And they, were, and they were like, oh, my God, I haven't read that shit. I'm going to pick that up. Then they feel bad about it versus the movies. For whatever reason, they never feel bad. They're just like, <laughs> no, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that is, dude. <laughs> Who is in it? Who, who is in it? Tell me who are you the it. star? Like, <laughs> Fuck. It's the nah. worst. Yeah. So that that one in particular kind of supersedes everything. You know, that's we have cool. this seltzer coming out. And that's one of those things where if it gets in grocery stores and convenience stores and all that stuff around the nation, everybody knows the brand name. Um, 
you're good and you kind of win at life at that point. Yeah. And, and I felt, I, and I told all my buddies who did a Black Rifle Coffee, it was the same thing. I was like, look, right now you're just a fucking online coffee place. Nobody's going to take this seriously. You're going to fight over and over again in these conversations of who you are, what you do, everything else, right? Yeah. But then it, it, it hits a tipping point where it hits stores and Bass Pro Shops. and It's and, in the convenience store around the corner from us. Yeah. Yes. And everybody knows it. And then if they don't, like, they're the dumb ones, right? But it's very few people at this point. Yeah. And for me, you know, I got to grow up with it in a sense where uh, – you know, one of my first friends was was uh, Tara Reed. I went to college with her brother. And, you know, at that point, she hadn't done anything. But then the Big Lebowski came out. And she was bunny, you know? And it was just like, oh, shit. And then American Pie. And it was like, oh, shit. And then it was like, all right, great. Well, that's Tara Reed. There was no Everybody knows Tara. After that. Yeah. Uh, my college roommate invented Spora Loco. Um, so, <laughs> that too. you know, my life. when that came out, you know, those guys struggled for years and years and years and years. And then... One weekend, boom, it exploded. And it, there's not one person on this earth who doesn't know what Four Loco is. So right. that's the, the the win in that situation. And uh, that, that's what you hope to strive for in a lot of this stuff where it's just like, shit, man. I You want to leave some form, at least I do, some form of legacy for your kids where it's like, what did your dad do? Oh, he was, he did this. And you're like, and he uh, was, yeah, I agree. I think all you have to say is he was Ross Patterson. Hello. Yeah, he is. yeah, fuck. Well, but it, but still, it's like I mean, no, no lie. I went to uh, I went to a restaurant two nights ago, and uh, one of my movies, old movies, uh, accepted. It just hit Netflix, right? Like four days ago. Yeah, well, the movie came out, I think, in two thousand eight or nine or something like 12 that. Twelve years ago, yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. <clears throat> and somebody came up to me at the restaurant, and was like, "Hey." are you in that movie on Netflix except, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they didn't realize it was from 12 years ago, you know? And they were like, shit, that's awesome. And I was like, yeah, you know, it was, it was, <laughs> awesome was 12 years ago too. Um, that's pretty rad. That's awesome. No, it's, it's, but it's a weird, it's a weird world. And you don't, you don't know why or what or, or whatever it is. And, and I will say this, cause you guys are on episode 100. You, you start to concentrate on different things other than, being famous or anything else. Uh, what I've learned is this, if the content is great, no matter what it is, owning a seltzer or a coffee company or a podcast or books or whatever, people will find it eventually and 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 get to, to know you or, or your product and love it and all that stuff. But it's the hard work in between that nobody ever sees, you know? Agreed. And that's, it's the little details, spending six or seven hours just trying to get a Zoom set up, for instance. Yes. You know, it's the dumb shit. So lastly, so you're my, one of my favorite movies, we really kind of found out about, like Beth and I found out about like Ross Patterson was from um, Range 15, right? Of course. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'd been following Matt and kind of his Instagrams and then Jared in Article 15 and all those sorts of things. And then, so we went and watched that movie out in Arizona. And then, so fast forward, then I find out about 50K and a call girl and kind of your catalog. <clears throat> and that's where you met your wife, Jesse. Yep. Which is yep. pretty cool. So if you all want something to go out and watch, go check out 50K and a call girl. It's fucking, it was one of you, I don't know if it was one of your first movies or one of your first written and directed movies. What was that? No, what I, say? I'd say, let's see. 
man, 17 or 18, somewhere, somewhere in that number. Um, oh, shit. Okay. Um, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of my, I think maybe first or second dramas though. And like, oh, maybe a, know, okay. I'm a comedian. Yeah. I'm a comedian. Yeah. So like some people shit only knew me from that. Uh, like that's the weirdest thing about all this is, like, genre. Some people only know you from that and you're like, all right, cool. Um, but, uh, I love that film. And it was one of those things where that one, I was in the middle of writing. I couldn't, I didn't know who the, the girl was in this script and I was frustrated by it. And, uh, uh, one of my friends had gotten back from Sundance. I think it was Whitney Cummings. And she had sent me the trailer for that. She was like, Hey, there's this dope ass movie called Bellflower or whatever. Go check it out. And, uh, I was bored on a Friday night writing the script. I didn't know who the girl was. And I, I drove down and saw it. And it was like eight people in the theater, like UCLA. <laughs> yeah. And the opening scene came on and she popped on. And I was like, oh my God, that's the girl. That's the girl I was writing about. And so that was on a Friday night. I called the casting director Monday morning and I said, hey, you can go ahead and cancel like the casting search if you find this girl. And they were like, what? And they were down because they got paid either way. So they were like, yeah, I don't have to see 500 people work. or just yeah. one. And I was like, no. And they go, look, if she comes in and she, she auditions and she's lights out, then it'll be her and that's it. Um, and then she came in, she crushed. And afterwards, and I'd never done this before. I was like, hey, do you want to go get beers? And it was me and the producers and the director. And uh, she goes, yeah, let me change out of my heels. And she threw on some fucking flip flops to go to this <laughs> bar. And I was like, oh. This that's is definitely the girl. She's fucking down. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, that's. But I didn't know. I didn't know we get married. Obviously, like that. Well, you know. No, that. So that movie is kind of a telltale light uh, story of your life, just like in jets and doing different crazy shit. So, by the way, he's got a. Can you tell the quick story just about the jet, like taking that jet? Oh yeah, yeah. So like you know. That was one of the things with that script was uh, she had asked whether or not all of this was going to be shot real. And I said, yes. And at that point, I had hired the director because I wanted it to look real um, from Intervention on Annie, you know, that fucking crazy ass show where yeah. people are shooting up drugs and all that shit. <laughs> and I was like, look, if, if this guy can steal shots of people shooting up heroin, you know, in their basement or, or at a restaurant, I was like, he'll easily be able to shoot this fucking movie. And sure enough, he was. And so she asked, she said, are we really doing all this for real? I was like, yes, we are going skydiving. We are flying fighter jets. We are going to the World Series. We are going to the Grand Canyon. We are going to Joshua Tree, all the other stuff. And it was, I think we shot 42 cities in 40 days wow. was the end for that movie. And, you know, when we did the fighter jet scene, like at that point I had produced maybe seven or eight films and uh, I looked online, you know, everywhere to, to get these fighter jets. And uh, this guy said, there was one guy who was just like, he had this website, it was super professional. And he goes, yeah, man, I've flown these jets for Iron Man 2. And I mean, he had a laundry list of credits. <laughs> he was just like, oh my gosh, I wonder if I can afford this guy. So I called right. and I go, hey, we need two of us up in these planes. I go for an hour tops, you know, a half hour doesn't matter. I just need to get the shots and we're good. And he goes, uh, yeah, no problem. And he goes, it's going to be five grand a piece, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. shit, that's pretty inexpensive. That's great. So we'll do it. Um, so we go up, we meet this guy, and he's telling all these cra fucking crazy Hollywood stories. He's saying all the right things. 
And I, I thought for sure, I was like, oh, this guy's lived a life. Like he has been in all of these films. And we got the, the, the shots, the scenes. He was a great guy to work with. And then boom, we left. Two months after the movie finished, um, one of my producers sends me an article from Vegas. And he said, hey, one of the, the jets crashed in Vegas and killed the, the, the pilot and the, yeah. and the passenger. Oh, shit. And I was like, what? And they were doing a, like a mock dog fight in the air like this, you know? And uh, just for funsies. They weren't even filming. They were just fucking hanging up. out, flying around. That's so, crazy. I, crazy. And, uh, <clears throat> and so the guy that I was with all day, um, they were looking for him. He was gone. And uh, it turned out he took this jet to Russia. The website, all of his credits, everything was a lie. He had bought two fucking Russian fighter jets. MIGs or uh, some shit. Brought him back to America, was charging people five grand a pop and was doing it for hours at a time. And he wasn't. Making all this cash. Because the, the fuel is cheap, and I didn't know that. And so this guy was living the life, and then, uh, and then boom, they got onto his trail. Well, he takes that jet over to China because there's one jet left, um, and it's him. And uh, he, gets, he enters an air show to win some cash to kind of stay alive, you know, over there. Yeah. And he, he, he claims that he did this trick where he could skim it off the top of the water. And there was a lake over there. And uh, uh, there's an eight. That was a terrible story. I, I should be telling you. There was an 18 year old Chinese reporter in the back. And of this, you know, because it's a two. Yeah, two seat type of deal, and uh, uh, he goes, "Yeah, so now we're gonna skip the water, and it's gonna be <laughs> dead, <laughs> dead." Skips the and water, game over. catches the wheel, fucking dies, and then. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh, folks. I mean, it's, it's fine. You hate China, but whatever. <laughs> so him, the eighteen-year-old died. Um, both jets are nuked. Gone. Everybody's dead, and. Uh, um, the the fucking got Riggs was his name. Uh, it was his last name. Of course it was. Well, <laughs> I, right? I don't know if that's his real name. Your best friend. Say, look it up. Uh, R-I-G-G-S. It's in there. And then, you know, I mean, they did this huge story on him. Like, it was the wildest shit of all time. And uh, and I was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, we could have been in there and fucking died. So yeah. you think about yeah. that. That's what I was thinking. That's why that story comes up. It's like, you guys kind of have done a bunch of crazy shit. And you're still not the level of doing that crazy shit. So, you know, it's nuts. And then you're a survivor of catastrophes. Oh, yeah. Ross, you've lost houses. You've been at it. Hurricanes. Can I tell you what the biggest travesty was? Last night, I lost my iPhone. Um, What? Not not because I I left it somewhere. There was a story we did on our show maybe four or five months ago about Apple uh, getting... Uh, sued by a class action lawsuit for sucking out the battery life in phones. Yeah. And and, that. and the, the battery was just dead and then it forced you to buy a new phone, right? Right. Well, dude, I had, fuck, man. I had a meeting with like nine lawyers today. I mean, you name it, like went on today and I needed my phone. Last night I get in the car, black, nothing. Phone just died. Charged it to five different things, nothing. Went to the Apple store, AT&T store, all the other bullshit. And uh, there was one guy and they were like, we, we can't fix this. We're sorry. And they were like, man. Uh, and here's the fucked up thing is like, they knew they were like, they were like, Oh, that's the battery thing. Right. And they go, if you just turn it in, sir, they'll just give you a brand new model. No big deal. <laughs> and I was like, 
well, how long does it take? Yeah. And they're like, you know, two to three business days. And I was like, dude, I'll be in the Kentucky Derby. Oh, that's and right. Like yeah. Nine calls with lawyers tomorrow. I was like, I don't even have their fucking numbers, bro. Like it's all my, it's all phone. my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I found a dude who was able to do it. And like, you don't realize how much you depend on your phone. Uh, especially like when you're this busy where you're just like, oh shit. Like I, you're all day long. I'm on a fucking phone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing where went out darkness and I, I dude, I had no one to call. And, uh, and you're just like, what the fuck it. do I do? What do I do now? Me and this, this dude who's a complete stranger worked on it here at the studio till four 30 in the morning. And he got it Jesus up Christ. and running with like a special battery. And he's like, Hey, you got like two weeks left and it's going to fucking die. It's going to explode. Uh, yeah. And I had the razor phone. I was using that. I remember um, that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Cause I, I like, I want to use the razor phone forever. The only problem is in production, uh, like the, the gigabytes are only like 200. It's and not, I need, right. no, I need like five terabyte or whatever. Yeah. yeah the, uh, the, ter- the gigabytes in this thing are like five twelve, and I'm already at like 400 mm-hmm. and it's all like old videos that we repurpose or, you know, shit we've shot like shit. We've been pulling up to down drinking bros where it was just like, Oh fuck. I forgot we shot that. Right. Dude, all right. So, now we're getting into the hard-hitting questions. We're fire good. away. I saw Zoom come across and say, you got a gift of extra time. Oh, so, by the way, we're on the poor people <laughs> Zoom plan. So, Proud of you. Yeah. yeah. Proud of you. Because Beth is very close with her with the pocketbook. I'm stingy. You can fucking say it. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good, dude. It is what it is. So, first and foremost, first question. Who's your favorite yeah. podcast? Who, who's your favorite podcast Host, co-host, Tim Dillon. No co-host. You got two. Oh, oh, co-host of all time. No, like who have you co-hosted? Who's your favorite co-host? Can yeah, you just- yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse. I, I've done a bunch of so I've done a bunch of shows and like, um, it, it's definitely Jesse, but for different reasons than you think. I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, with Jesse. It's easy. We have a great rapport. And like, I, I think about it from a production standpoint, whenever you have to book celebrities and all this shit, like it fucking sucks. And like, no lie, you don't know if they're going to show up. Like I'm still yeah. at that point where I'm like, yesterday we had Michael Irvin on, right? Yeah. Who's, amazing show. Uh, amazing show. One of the biggest personalities in sports, hugely famous. There's still a part of you in the back of your mind that they're like, yeah aren't they too famous for this? Well, they show up <laughs> and they do. You, you almost yeah, right feel here. better afterwards. And uh, so that's why I say like with, with Jesse and I, I don't have to book anything like shit. I mean, I, I'll tell you guys this. Cause like, this is what I was dealing with right before we got on was um, uh, Chuck Liddell's show. Uh, I get a call from the publicist and they're like, Hey, it's Anderson Silva. And he wants to do the show on Friday in LA. And I was just like, well, shit. So I got to yeah. book flights and get everybody out there and all that other stuff. And like, especially cause homeboy broke his leg last Saturday night and the same yeah. exact person. The only one that has the answer to that question of what it feels like is Anderson Silva. Yep. Yeah. And it was the same guy, same injury, same everything. And we're the first ones that are going to get to interview him. And that'll and be on Monday that night. Question. That's crazy. Yeah. And, That's and so, you know, like, you know, a clip like that will go viral. Everybody will be talking about it and all that shit, but you, you have to make sure that everything is in place. You get it shot safely and it sounds good and everything else. And, uh, and that's why those and drinking bros and everything else are more stressful where it's like with me and Jesse, not only is it my best friend, but like, I don't have to worry about celebrities. 
Yeah, so, that makes sense. I know she's going to show up every day, you know? <laughs> you know where to find her if she I've doesn't, right? In yeah. Co-host. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things, you know, kind of the way we've started doing things. And she'll get, I'll be like, all right, you ready, ready, ready. And she's just ready, you know, ready to go, ready. I'm ready. Get shit launched yeah. off. Yeah, you know? like drinking bros, I mean, shit, you remember those early episodes, like, dude. Oh, yeah. People would get fucking trashed, and, like, I didn't know who was going to show up for that. So, you know, some shows people would disappear, and everybody would be asking, like, why? what happened to the Matt or somebody else? It was like, I don't know, I got fucked up at a bar. Like, Went and laid down. down. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like. <laughs> Took a nap, fuck, who knows? We've never seen that happen. No. Cruise. Oh. Yes, yes. You, you drinking bros cruise. It's like, dude. That's, yeah. that's it. And that's real life. And if you think it's changed, I mean, shit, that's Black Rifle had already hit. Jared's still Jared. Like, you know, he, nothing's changed. Yep. Nothing. Well, so yeah, but he couldn't do the show. So like, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he went, he was even laying down on the ground right there. Yeah. Yes. For an hour. So <laughs> for an hour, exactly, <laughs> dude. We were there. The I got a video show. of it. <laughs> I have pictures of him laying down on the ground with everybody else. Yeah, we all did. Everybody was on that cruise has pictures of that. <laughs> so uh, aside from that, like how is life just kind of transitioning for you guys when you're moving to Austin and switching over and, and moving the whole podcast to Austin? How has that transition been for you? It seems like it's really, I mean, it's bumped up the number of people you've had on just yep accessibility to you guys and accessibility for you to other people like how else is how how is the crazy life bang for you guys so coming to austin you know our the, the main reason like our advertisers were like look because they're here they're in town and so they're like look rogan's coming here all like the top 10 shows are coming here we would love for you to move here and then you guys split guests split advertisers split all this shit and I remember going to a dinner where a woman pulled out uh, her iPad and just said, hey, you need to make this decision and you, you need to make it within a week. And she pulled out the iPad and it was a uh, blueprints for Tesla. And oh, shit. She said, That's right. Tesla is coming here. Here's where they are. Here's where the plant is. Here's where all this stuff is. Um, you know, another Silicon Valley company was coming to take up the other road and uh, and then they give me the blueprints for Austin FC, the soccer stadium and all that stuff. And she goes, you know, as much as this will help your show, we also want to make sure you get in and live in a place where you want to live with your family and kids that absolutely be affordable now, because in fucking three months it is over and the property value will double. And th I, I, that was the last dinner that Jesse and I needed to see. We went on Zillow because I chatted about it before I went out here and I was talking to Dan. I said, hey, I'm going to go and do this and check out this meeting. And he goes, great. Let me know. Because he goes, uh, I'm down. He, you know, we had already loved the city of Austin. I've, I've been here yeah. 50 or 60 times. I shit, I, we shot the new guy here. So I lived here for like four and a half months. We shot 50K and a call girl here, part of it. So um, I've, I've been here a million times. You didn't have to twist my arm to get here. However, I wanted to make sure that my kids had great schools and we could be a little bit outside the city and have some land and all that other stuff about it. And that the, and that the brought that the drive wasn't going to be brutal and everything else. So I called a fucking realtor off Zillow. Um, <laughs> and I mean, literally I pulled up like 
I was, we were clicking a house, dinner. find a fucking realtor. Yes. Well, I, is it the woman at dinner? I go, look, where, where does like families live? And she was like, oh, you know, Dripping Springs and Round Rock and some other places. And I was like, great. So I pulled up Dripping Springs and there was a realtor at the bottom. I, I didn't know anybody here. And so I clicked right. it and I called her and I said, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I do. I need to find a house. I remember and- the big issue in North Carolina because you're a writer in getting yeah. financing and that whole bullshit thing. Right? Like For, for what? Like what for your you old saying? house <clears throat> where it's just like a pain in the ass, right? Because oh, get it, yes, you mean? Yes, yes, yes. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with the financing and all that other stuff, like, um, yeah, because of what I do exactly, like uh, every, like Bank of America, whoever you get a mortgage from, they want to know how well your next movie is going to do, how well your that's, next yeah, movie is going to sell. Get and it's like, dude, I don't fucking know any of that shit. What I do know is I've made a bunch of money and you can just go back and look at the, the records of that. And the history, yeah. They didn't care. And so, like, I went through a private lender and then as all of this started to snowball and then people knew what I did and everything, like they were like, great, I'll give you the fucking money. I know you're okay. good for it. No, okay. like, nice. So it changes like a little bit. Okay. It does. So- it does for, for sure. Where it, it's uh, but, but I also had a, a couple other properties under my belt. So if shit went South, they would take them. But um, so we looked at, uh, I call this real office Zillow. We looked at 27 houses in 36 hours. And that's like us. us when we moved here. Yeah, we picked one. We love it. Uh, we love the the neighborhood, the people, all that stuff. And uh, and it was a great decision. And then, dude, that was March of last year. And that property has now doubled. Yeah, It's crazy. Right incredible, now. huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Texas property, Austin specifically. Well, Dallas, a little yeah. bit of San Antonio, but not as much tech area. Yeah. Oh, it's dude, pretty incredible. Frisco, Dallas, all those guys. But like, I mean, it's bad enough in my neighborhood where there is families from California that go maybe once a week that are just knocking door to door, offering people cash to get the fuck out. Because they want the fuck out of California. They want to move to yes. Austin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and in particular, right. right on the suburbs where they can have land. So like, you know, yeah. in my neighborhood, for example, we each have like an acre and a half and there's only 50 houses. Well, Shit, you can't get that in LA. And I, you know, I'd come Fuck from LA. No. So Every house is right and like, next to each other. Yeah, yeah. dude. And, and, and I understand it. Um, but they don't. So, like, my neighbors and shit don't understand. So, you know, I was over at their house, uh, my neighbor's house, two nights ago um, when I was checking on the contractors. And they were like, hey, you're not going to believe this. Like, somebody's knocked on our door and offers like one five in cash. I was like, did you do it? And they were like, <laughs> no. <right? laughs> a bunch of cash no, dude. if you sell right now you have to buy right now and it's too expensive it's the yeah, perfect type and they were like dude we can't find another place diamond hands ross where we're at and, and everything hands. else and like dude we paid nowhere near that and but it's it's the, it's literally identical to what when i went through in la um you know my office in los angeles was in venice and at the time like venice was kind of a shithole i had this you know beautiful office that was like fuck man 18,000 square feet. I mean, it was crazy. Um, it, it was super nice. And, and, uh, but we had, you know, commercials, music videos, editing bays, y- you name it in there. Like it was incredible. Um, and, y- and we got it for nothing. 
And then over the years, as Venice built up, it was just like, dude, you couldn't find a house for like under two six out there. And but I saw it in a span of 10 years. This just happened a lot quicker. And I, and I think, you know, one, it was due to the pandemic Two, uh, the homelessness and everything else is going on in Los Angeles. Everybody's like, I'm just fucked out. Yep. But then Added. three behind the scenes, they gave us the heads up of like, hey, let's make this the fucking Mecca. Let's make Austin the Mecca for podcasts and and everything else and turn this into a new Hollywood, essentially. And uh, it's incredible, right? Yes. And we listened. And, you know, Elon Musk has got another thing going in. I I saw, you know, in the paper yesterday, uh, Apple is building a campus. They spent $1.2 billion in uh, in Austin. Facebook is here. Google is here. Cisco is here. Uh, The new soccer stadium. Shit. that, That opens in June or July. I know we have tickets. Uh, to go to that, McConaughey is one of the owners. McConaughey. Um, I mean, it's just a fucking different city. It's still beautiful. I just hope the politics don't fuck it up because I do love the city. I think that's it. Yeah, you kind of nailed part of that. But yeah. no, it's just pretty incredible. It, just the city of Austin. Austin's awesome. Okay. Austin, I, I mean, I went to Texas A&M, so I grew up going to Austin at least once a month with my girls, you know, and staying with friends and partying and having the best time of my life. First beer I ever had, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Good place. I think to be. I think there's a little more to that story, but you're not you don't want to share that with your husband. So that's Dude, fine. no. <laughs> Keep it the last yourself. episode she just threw on me that she uh Well, you gonna throw that on here again? She drank a little of the mushroom tea. So I was she, like, what the fuck? Eighteen years after we've been together, you just threw that out on me? There's things yeah. he doesn't know. Come on, Ross. It could have been worse. She, she could have said, like, hey, I got fucking cream pie in the back of uh <laughs> A Honda Civic, you know. Like, Who's oh, that, bro? Yeah. I mean, like, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I didn't, know, I didn't even know if I was pregnant. I didn't even know the dude, but I was willing to get married. You know, yeah. It could have been worse. It could have been. Could have been worse. There are worse things. He's like, no, I know her better than that. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so, did you guys see? Okay, two, three years ago. All right, this is right. like reality. Did you two, three years ago see the shit? that you're at, like we just talked about for Everything, 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Did you see this coming? Did you see the fact that you're going to have the icebreakers and you're going to have fucking Iconoblast, you're going to have a whole big-ass studio, you know, interviewing yes, Matthew McConaughey. I, I, like, I, I will say this. Yeah, yes, because we were working towards that, and it was the goal eventually, right? All right. Um, so, yes, I did. Um the one thing that I didn't anticipate, to be honest with you, is not to get financing for it because we've we we have we finance all of it ourselves. Um, typically, when you get this to be this size, uh, there's outside money that is helping you out, and you know all the companies right. I named earlier had it, and, uh, and and that's how they were able to expand. Where this truly is word of mouth, and it's just me and Dan's money, and. Uh, Part of it is on purpose. We, we've had about six or seven offers, um, but the the rules and regulations that come along with it, like they, there's things you won't be able to talk about. Censorship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, hiring union workers, going through COVID policies, having strict hours, having an HR department. Like we don't have any of that. Uh, like you know how your privately owned company shows are. Um, yeah. But therefore, like when people when other comedians come into town and they shoot, you're like Bill Burr and those guys. Um, uh, you know, Giannis Papas, everybody's been out in and out of the studio. That's what everybody loves about it is like, oh, this feels like a fucking fraternity and it's awesome, but you guys are professional. It's pretty rad, right? And, 
Yes. Um, so the company itself, I did, but doing it without financing. No, I mean, that's fucking insane. And that's the craziest part out of all of this so far. So we don't have any debt. I mean, we do, we don't have any debt. I mean, we don't, that's have amazing. Debt. That's amazing. When you think of a and production so, that you're putting on and yeah. you know what? I saw somebody on the board, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before, they were like, who in the fuck puts three shows on a day, right? Like, you guys. Like, how do you have a fucking voice? Well, how do you have a life? I mean, (laughs) I feel like you're always working and never sleeping. I I will say this. I don't sleep a lot anyways, so that's fine. Um, And that's been pretty much my entire life. I get about five, six hours of sleep a night. But that's nothing new. And so it had nothing to do with this. So I was kind of built for it. The other thing that nobody really knows about is um, my father was a disc jockey for 35 years. So um, my parents got divorced when I was two. And then he had custody of me in the summers. So when I went with him and like uh, he was, let's see, I think when I was three or four, he was a country DJ in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, the best gig you can get back when radio, you know, terrestrial radio was a thing because it's, it's not now. It's pretty fucking dead. Um, but you remember those morning 30 years drives. ago, whatever. Yep. Back when you were but the morning, two. the morning zoo, brother. Yeah, welcome. absolutely. You know, yeah, 93.9. It's like, welcome the morning. We all remember those shows growing up. And that was his, if you did that, it paid the most. That was his hours. And he was a really funny dude. And, um, uh, but he had to go in to work at like 530 in the morning. So I was a kid, like three, four years old. I would take a sleeping bag and I would sleep underneath his desk. So like the desk I'm at now, I would be sleeping under in a sleeping bag and you could never see me. While he's working. While he's working, he's on air. Same as this. It's crazy, right? And I only woke up once or twice during like his live shows. Um, and uh, so to the point where he had to explain that his child was in the studio or whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, I look at his hours and he was on usually every morning from six to 11 right somewhere in there maybe 11 30 morning drive drive time yeah Yeah. right and so when we were doing this in the media company and everything else you know i love ross patterson revolution i love drinking bros i love drinking bros sports and 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 even the show i do on patreon like i love those and and i looked at it from a pure schedule standpoint and talent standpoint of all right well if my dad was doing five hours straight every day from six to eleven like why couldn't i and then how do I accomplish that? And it yeah. was just simply hiring more employees so that way I could go from set to set to set. I'm doing about the same number of hours as he did per day, you know, as far as talk time and all that other stuff. Right. Um, what's the difference? And then what's stopping you from doing that? And once I overcame that mental hurdle of like, oh, I can talk. Yes. And I, I just need more employees. Um, the voice thing is, is interesting because it's true. Uh, when you're Get not worn out, right? It, well, here's the thing. When you're used, like, what, if your voice isn't used to it, it is really like a muscle. And, like, dude, the first three or four weeks doing shows like this, like, dude, I didn't have a voice at the end of the night. But I then remember. your voice yeah. gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And, you know, today, the only way I'll lose it if, is if I'm sick or if I'm doing a live show. Where you're, you're doing a four-hour Well, UFC. If you're outside... Yeah, like- Screaming to a live audience on a <laughs> yeah. microphone and everybody's drunk. Like an election night yeah, show. I, I mean, instance. I did one last Sunday and it was like, dude, my voice was shot for like three days after that, but that's what it was. And I knew it. And, you know, 
other than that, shit, tomorrow I have Ross Patterson Revolution in the morning, uh, sports in the afternoon uh, with a Major League Baseball pitcher, fake news, drinking bros after that, and then we're doing a five-hour NFL draft after that tomorrow night. Wow. Busy guy, dude. So that's so that'll 10 be hours like, fucking talking, whatever. Nine hours. That'll be like nine hours worth of talking. Well, I know that I have Friday off. I don't have a show until Just Saturday. chill. Yes. Well, I mean, I'll go out, you know, and, and live a regular life. No, but, but uh, you aren't going to be. Yeah. Yeah. On Using your voice for your living. I know living. the voice will be back by Saturday, right? So you kind of pick and choose your battles and what you're doing. You know what, dude? One of the things it's like you guys are putting out so much, con- so much content and I've through the pandemic bullshit, like, you, you kind of got me, like, I work right behind where... I hear your voice shit is. all day. And, yeah, my <laughs> wife works right downstairs. So we've got an office down there, and my office is right behind all this stuff, or my desk, whatever. And, like, you guys kind of got all, so many people through the pandemic because you were, what? Fun? Well, no. Real? Uh, like, essential. Yeah. Your essential, thank God. Or your fucking channel and all that stuff, dude. You know, it really, I think it changed a lot of people's perspective on podcasts. Absolutely. What, you know, even the conversations that Beth and I would have, we'd laugh and I'd come downstairs and I'd be like, check this shit out, Jesse just said. You know, and just fucking funny shit that kind of went on. And then that's what kind of triggered, again, triggered Beth and I to, just have fun and goof give, off. Give and it, literally, we're just in front of a camera goofing off for fucking an hour, hour and a half. Some of them are way too long. I don't <laughs> listen to any of them. <laughs> you yeah, know. Well, I mean, look, I, I, during the pandemic, um, we had all kind of got together as a company. And I, I, had, I had COVID early on, like first fucking day. So like, you yeah. know, I, I remember... The world shut down on like the 15th or whatever. And like, dude, I had COVID on like the 12th. So, uh, uh, <laughs> right. you know, a year ago, last year, whatever it was. And, um, and it wasn't, I, it wasn't bad or anything else. And I was like, shit, but everybody else was treating it like the end of the world. And right. my neighbors and people had started to pick sides and all that shit. Nobody was coming out. Uh, other kids wouldn't play with my kids and all that other stuff. Yeah, and, uh, same. and, and, you know, a big, part of our audience is like military and first responders. So like those guys are still out working every day. And we made, we got together and made a conscious decision as a company and said, all right, these guys don't have, they won't have anything to listen to all day. Um, let's go every single day through the pandemic on all of these shows. And it was incredible. And, uh, by the way. Um, and, and thank you. And, and, and it was one of those things where we made that decision as a company and we sat all the employees down and I said, look, we have COVID. Um, you will probably get it if you stay here. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you other than that. However, we're about to double down in shows. It will double down in salary. And, you know, this will go out to millions and millions of people. And, and, and we think it would be a, a good thing for the world. And uh, I go, it's up to you. We're, we're not union or anything. And I go, make the decision of what, what, what you want to do. And all our employees huddle up and they said, we will we'll hurt immunity, this bitch. And uh, so everybody got it essentially. And then we yeah. just kept working. And, and once it was over, it was over for everybody. And, and we just kept going. Just kept um, pressing forward. Know. Right. Yeah. And, and once we were getting out of the other side of it, it felt like 
obviously, you know, school started opening and Jesse's, we, we've got two kids, uh, yeah. you know, a two year old and a six year old. And she was just like, I, I've got to, take to the two. To yeah, that's fair. Fuck. You so we me. went back to two a week on that, but you know, for drinking bros in particular, um, the decision on that was we had become so much of every, like people's everyday lives that they were like, please don't do this. Like, um, <laughs> they were like, Dan doesn't have kids. So like, why the fuck can't he be on air all the time? <laughs> why can't he be on just air? Just mic him up. A week. And right. so, you know, it, it, it seemed daunting at first. And then afterwards you get used to it. And then if you're not on every day, you kind of miss it. And, uh, and I love podcasting yeah. every day. So it, it didn't really matter. And, and obviously Dan has no life. So like, there's no kids, no nothing. And, uh, he's got nothing going he for was him. like, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll go five days a week. That's fine. And I was like, all right, I will too. Let's, let's keep that going. And then I think in all, in all sincerity, American party, we forgot about American party. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Another show we own. Um, uh, it's great. And it's great. Keep popping it's great up. It crushes, it crushes for us. Um, yeah. but, uh, it was one of those things where we cut back to two a week on Ross Patterson revolution. People were pissed. And uh, they were like, dude, your dynamic, honestly, is like fun, fun. It's like Beth and I just like we've worked in the house together for fucking year a, over like over year a two year months. Now. So like 14 just. Months. Yeah, 14, just hanging out, whatever. And it it's real life what you guys talk about for an hour. Right. Yeah. Dinner time. And, and and we we do. There was a lot of people that are disappointed. And I was just like, fuck, man. I, and I and I get it, too, because, you know, that's the other thing of why I treat all these shows so seriously is like I'm very aware that we are somebody else's entertainment throughout the day. Whatever fucked up shit I'm going through, if I can't say it in a relatable way or use the audience or. At least tell us something that that is a shared experience on there. Like yeah. the fucking Jeep with my dad the other day. Like, dude, AJ Gamble solved that crime. It was a fucking four yeah. hours afterwards. Yeah. And, and like, dude, it was like that truck was sold three weeks ago. And here's the fucking day and address and all that <laughs> shit. And I was like, awesome. Um, but that's what you realize is like, you know, when you, you're, you're somebody else's entertainment and then you take it away for three days. Like uh, we, for sure, we'll go back to five days a week once the kids are older and they're both in school. But right totally now fair. they're not. Yeah. And I know... I know, you know, some other couples who have podcasted. I'm a fan of that. That went through the same thing. And uh, yeah, I, the good news is this. I'm not planning on going anywhere. So like, I love doing this every day. So it's not like, oh, hey, this is a one year thing or whatever. Like this is long. And That's kind of so how we look at it. Yeah, it's like well, I, we, we do, too. And we have we have no life. We don't have kids. I mean, we just hang out. I just was amazed that you went every day because I can't imagine what having a family and doing this all the time would be like. I'm I'm pretty sure I would be really bitchy. I'd just be grumpy. Yeah, I mean, grumpy (laughs) AF. There's nights where I'm not the friendliest, obviously, when I come home, but it's mostly because it's not because of the podcast. It's it's just the outside shit you deal with as far as like sponsors and lawyers and, uh, you know, celebrities' schedules or, guests pushing or, or being late or whatever. And then you come home and bitch about it and you're like, fuck man. Um, and you know, I know from when I leave the office at five 36 for that 30 minutes in the car, I will be on a phone. It's your downtime. Oh, oh no, no, he's still working. Uh, phone call nonstop and, and guaranteed four out of five days. When I come home, I will still be on the phone in the driveway 
and the way our house is set up, like I can see my wife and kids enjoying like a nice meal and playing and all that shit. And you're sitting out there talking to a fucking lawyer in the goddamn driveway, talking in a cell phone. And like, I'm like, ugh. um, but you're setting yourself up themselves is, is the best. Like I, I yeah. love doing it on all of these shows and, uh, and it's never an issue. Um, it's, it's just the rest of it. That'll get to you later on when you're like, ah, oh, fuck. So I'm going to put all that on you. You're going to business manager. I'm sorry. What? I'll be the talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that. Yeah. Fuck it. Seems fair. Seems fair. <laughs> but that I'm means he has to technique. listen to me then, right? Like he has to listen to me. Yeah, we Look, we all do. Like, she's we already the CFO. Like- I'm the CEO. She's the CFO. Chief financial, whatever. Last yeah. couple of questions here, buddy. Just, I know we're, we're, we're running kind of long. Hey, Zoom gave us a freebie. Yeah. Hopefully it just doesn't cut us off of some like, nah, nah, nah. So literally, uh, I know we've kind of gone through some of this, but what do you think for other kind of aspiring podcasters? We just hit a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. What is kind of the one, if you could give a kernel of something to say, hey, what could you do? Look, to How can we get better? Going? Or get yeah, better? I, like, first of all, your set is great. Um, and, and your whole layout and everything is great. Your, your chemistry is already great. Um, for podcasting to monetize it, it's a tricky thing, man. Like you take somebody like Chuck, um, Liddell, right. Who he's so fucking famous, man. Yeah. He just walks in day one. He's monetized. Everybody knows his fucking mod. Yeah. Everybody. But you know, he's got sponsors, advertisers that are paying great money and all that shit. And you're just like, man, fuck. Like that's, you know. No one can do that. That's fair. Um, unless you're famous, right? Yeah. Uh, or you work your ass off and you're str- you're strategic about it. So, like for he- for for us, if you're not that famous and you you come in here and you don't have a social media and all that other stuff, um, the best way to do it is drop. This this is the ultimate deep dark secret that no one knows. All right. Give it drop to us. twelve episodes at once, and on the same day. So. When it hits, it, when it hits the Apple feed and you promote it to 50 of your friends or however many you have or whatever, right? Social media. When they subscribe, it downloads to all 12 episodes and it rockets you up the charts. So you'll cross over into mainstream and people who don't know you, you'll, you're like a kind of blast. I've seen did. that and, several times. I never knew. And, and dude, I just did it with a kind of blast. And like those guys don't have a big social media. I love their show and I believe in them. And I just said, look, trust this process. It's going to be long. We could do 12 episodes, 12 episodes in fucking were, 12 mornings. Just have coffee. Dude, if, you were, I go, if you record 12 episodes and, and put it out, your logo is great. Your show is great. It will rocket you up the charts and we'll get it out to people. And, uh, and then with that, That's amazing. Um, you'll hit the charts. And I think they entered the charts at maybe like 20... I saw. Three, I remember seeing it. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rad, dude. And then that's awesome. But all the people that didn't know them, that were strangers, started downloading their yeah, podcast. Yeah, do like, right. Yo, I love the show, dude. They ended up in like the top 100 for like two or three weeks. Right. Wow, and they that's built, awesome. They built an audience, and then I think six weeks later they got their first call for an advertiser. It's fucking rad. It so, so these are the yeah tips and tricks. Thanks, bro. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So lastly. And, and, this is a. I thought the other one was lastly. Oh no! <laughs> no, no just the very last one. 
Look, I, that storm is coming over here. I have nowhere to go. I've got a full tube of chapstick, so I don't <laughs> Rust. We've been going for an hour and five minutes. I, I need to be appreciative of care. your time. I don't I care. I, I, so, I'm not one of those people who gives a shit. I know. I know, buddy. And I appreciate it. Oh, real quick. I do want to. This is going to get a little sentimental. Uh-oh. So, oh, I know. I already know. She knows. So, real quick, just a flashback. So, to all of our fans or followers or whatever, when uh, all our peeps, peeps back, fuck three, three years and a half ago when my mom like passed away. All right, this type of guy, Ross and Drinking Bros are right. So, in Ross, you may remember this. I think you might. My mom passed away, died huh? that day. I was out walking the dogs. Listening to the Ross Patterson Revolution, right? And I just happened to message you and Jesse. I think it was just you, actually, at that point. You know, it's one of those stressful kinds of days. You're like, what the fuck is happening? Whatever. Get back home. Finally fall asleep on the couch for a few minutes. Well, you messaged him that your mom had passed away, right? Yeah. Yeah. Messaged you. Hey, it was great. Love listening. I needed this today. Yeah, I lost my mom. You fucking called or messaged me back. And said, hey, here's my number, or what's yeah. your number? You know what I mean? And that was one of the things that- And he called you, and you guys and talked yeah, for a while. We talked for- Like an hour, I think. minutes, an hour or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it was literally one of those things, when you think about this community, it was long ago that this, that the community that is Ross Patterson and Drinking Bros and Nooners and all of those people have all been together. So I just want to say, again, thank you. I know I've well, told you that I, before. I think that's but. where you really got a place. Like, he he thought you were hilarious, and he thought you were great. But then I think there was a point where some love came in there because <laughs> you spent that time with him, and he was like, I think I have a man crush on Ross. Was, you know? Well, look. So. I, no, it's just we, a good guy. Still, look, I, I still do that to this day. I mean, shit, it happened two nights ago, actually. Um, we did a story about the police. Uh, it was after the, the, the Chauvin verdict, right? Yeah. And, uh, and and I think the next day we were doing a story on LeBron outing that police officer and not having watched the footage. And, you know, this police officer got put on blast or whatever. And I was just right. like, I said on air, I said, man, I don't know who would want to do this job anymore. It's just there's too much at stake Package. for your own family and, and then everybody else yeah. treating like shit. And uh, uh, I had a police officer message me and he goes, I listened to the show. I disagree with you. I still want to do this job, and I'm in I'm in training for it now. And uh, and it's because I want to make the world a better place, and I want to show my kids that the world can be a better place. And the same thing. I said, "What's your number?" And he hit me back right away. And I just called him, and I said, "Hey, it's Ross." And he was like, "Oh shit, what the fuck, man?" And I was like, yeah. and I go, yeah, and I go, "Hey, man, I, I read your message, and..." Um, I think, I think it's amazing that you still want to do it. And I go, I hope you don't take offense to what I said because I love police officers and all that stuff. What I meant was protect yourself, make smart decisions for yourself and your family and fuck the rest of these people because Amen. they're all shit. It's a thankless you know? job now. I was like, yes, it's a thankless yep. job. And I go, why, why risk it if you have kids and all this other stuff, right? And then he told me his story. Uh, he, he told me what it meant for you know, him to come on home, home with a uniform and his kids to see it and all the other stuff. And he thought he could change his community. And so shit, man, him and I chatted for like 45 minutes. It's awesome. Um, and that was it. No, no, 
I know you make it seem like it's really normal, but it's not. That's really unusual. So it's really awesome that you still do that with everyone. You know, I think that's what makes you special. Yeah. And some, uh, somebody else is, uh, in the group They're uh, they're in the, the Nooners group, um, their mom or their dad passed away. And then I chatted with them for like an hour too. Like, um, because it's one of those things I went through it with a father and, and, uh, it's really unexplainable until it happens to you and you don't really have anybody else to talk about it unless you went through it. And, um, somebody I was friends with back in the day from high school, uh, her father passed away early on in life and, uh, she just could never get over it. And one night we were having drinks in LA. She was working for E and uh, I was talking to her about it. She goes, I don't think I'll ever have a a good relationship or I'll get married or, or anything because I can't let go of this one thing in my life. Right. And, I, and at that point, I couldn't relate. I could listen, but I couldn't relate. And, uh, you know, that was kind of it, right? And then, so after that, I was like, shit. And then, you know, I didn't see her, this person for five, 10 years. She, she did, I'm getting, get, getting married, has a normal life and kids and all that other stuff. But uh, then it happened to me. Same story that she was talking about five years earlier. And I was like, oh, fuck, this you're right. This. And I had no one to call. Like, I, I had no one to call. I was like, I, shit, who do I call now, you know? Um, right. So that was that it was, for me. I just happened to reach out and say, hey, thank you guys for the content, for the comedy. I needed the levity while I was out for an hour, you know, walking around, you know. And I think that's this whole community yeah. that the drinking bros and hopefully the bars open and the Ross Patterson Revolution, we all kind of continue to do. It's like, well, together. Family. We got a very small, you know, crew, but we've got a crew, yeah. you know, and you have regulars and it's the same thing. It's like, but it's amazing that like guys like you and Dan actually respond, you know, as big as your, as busy too, as, as big and busy as, busy as, as your life shows is. Are. Yeah. It's reality. You know? Yeah. But I, I think it goes back to like, what I was saying earlier about like, like take drinking bros where you're worried that it's a huge celebrity or something like that won't come through. Right. Where right. you have to put it right. in that perspective as well for yourself and be like, Hey, I, I mean, just as much as, as so-and-so did mean on my show. So why wouldn't I do their show or I wouldn't, why wouldn't I talk to them or everything else? And, uh, and it's put in that perspective. I think it's the people who don't realize that, or they think that they're bigger than, the show or their, their own personality or whatever, Larger like in life. Yeah. Yes. And then, then, but, but then you become, especially in a podcast, you become unrelatable where yeah. I, I rail on Chrissy Teigen all the time because she married rich and all of her bullshit is unrelatable where it's like, you, you can't do that no matter what status you get to in life. If yeah. you do, and, and not that there's anything wrong with it either. Cause if you do just get a fucking flip phone, check out a life, get off social <laughs> like media, you want to do off, like, for real, that's super easy to do. Yeah. Get off social media. Uh, yes. Go move somewhere that you you, you know you don't want to be or you, you want to be. Be rich, happy, and then, dude, no one has to know where the fuck you live. And, like, I've seen that side of it, too, with friends of mine who have made a few hundred million dollars, and they live that life. They were like, man, I don't want to fucking done. talk to anybody on Instagram, Facebook, I'm anything. Checked out. Shut it all down. Moved out of the city they were in to whatever the most beautiful place they could think of. They live there, they're happy, they're healthy, and then, you know, they'll come back and have a private account for just their friends so yep. they can catch up and see where Cameron their kids Diaz. are playing. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So it, it's possible. And, you know, uh, on that side and then on my side, like shit. I, yeah, man. I, I'm grateful to be here and that you wanted me on your 100th show. It's a big deal, man. A hundred, a hundred of anything is fucking hard. Um, let alone podcasts and like, no one will know how long it took you to set up tonight, get the fucking Zoom ready and the lights and all the shit. <laughs> Nothing. No, yeah. I took a picture and posted it out real quick. And we're like, not a bad setup for a home. But yeah, but that studio. doesn't even include this, all the work you did this weekend. Like, it literally is his side job. Yeah. He has a full-time job and he has this job. And it's yeah, and, shit. It, and people think podcasting's fucking easy where they're just like, oh, dude. Oh, yeah, we're gonna get, like, we can do this. In front of a camera. Get some whiskey and I, just sit there and talk, right? I tell people the same thing every time. I was like, cool, man, just set up the cameras. Just go live and tell me how it works out. Like, Find some topics. Yeah. Find something to fill the hour. Get new get new mics and stands and all the other shit that goes into it, dude. Yeah, because yeah, those fucking stands. Were yours from Germany? Yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> they're like 500 bucks a piece, and they're like... Fucking ridiculous. Stupid. Why can't American companies make these fucking <laughs> I don't things? know. Like, I mean, it's plastic, right? I mean... No, it's It's metal. Is it? It's oh, it metal. is. They're metal, dude. I thought it was plastic. Yeah, it's metal. Yeah, metal. metal. I'm mine. All right, oh, last mine. one. Mine. Let me let I'm oh, going to. Nope. That's got a question. So uh, it's not a question because I know we've had him on for a while, but Greg and I always try to end our show yeah. with a feel good. So we always try to highlight something that would make somebody laugh or make somebody cry happy or just highlight something special. Um, what would you say, if you if you could tell me, what would be your feel good that you would give me right now that, that you've seen recently, heard recently? Um, out in the world or in my own personal life? Personal. Either. Either. Uh, or, yeah. Uh, personal life being both. gone. This I'll, I'll, I'll do both. Um, personal life being gone from your, your uh, wife and kids for this, like, extended period of time. I, my wife will send me a video of, like, my, my children doing something throughout the day, like, like on a trampoline or at a skate park and laughing. And I'm like, thank you for sending that video. It's been a shitty day, like, oh. you know, and, and that's yeah. awesome. And it's like 15 seconds of joy where you're just like, man, all the work and why dad is away and all the other stuff is going so they can have fun. And it, at least somebody's having fun, you know, at the end of it. Right. right. Um, uh, even though you lost your house and all that bullshit. <laughs> um, it's being built. And that's, yeah, yeah, it's being built. But uh, <laughs> I think hopefully June will be able to move back in, knock on wood. Yeah. But uh so that's personal. Um, professionally, like, you know, with all of this stuff and, and uh, as big as it is and, and, and who we get to talk to and all that stuff, um, talking to police officers. Uh, I, I chatted with a couple officers that were down by uh, 6th Street the other night by my hotel. And I'm staying downtown right now. And you walk up to police and they're fucking scared. Mm -hmm. Like th there's a flinch immediately where. They don't understand why it's just a six, four dude them. rolling up. Right. <laughs> and, and they were like, Whoa, what's up? And, and it's, you, you can tell like the firm tone of like, what's up guy, you know? And you're like, and then as I got closer, the like, one of them was like, oh, shit. it's Ross from drinking bros. What the fuck, dude? What's up? What are you doing, dude? And I was like, Hey, and it was, I think like maybe eight of them uh, on horseback. That's a thing down here um, yep. where they're on, oh, horseback we're familiar, on the yeah. river. Yeah. And, and I just said, hey, guys, uh, I just wanted to say that we love you and we all support you. And anybody who says defund the police and all this other fucking bullshit should just put a sign on their door and say that 
they don't want help no matter what is going on and put a block on their line if they call 911 and yep. fuck all these people. Yeah. And like genuinely, all of them were seems like touched by it and everything else. And they were like, dude, we just don't hear that anymore from civilians or people or whatever. And I go, well, you should. Yep. And just know that there is a massive, massive segment of us that are grateful. And the shit that you guys are reading in the media or the, the one-offs you guys are going through throughout the day really doesn't represent all of America. And same thing, man. I had a conversation with him for like 20 minutes like this. And like, that was awesome, man. It, it, and it was great. And you could tell like they were amped about it and, and happy about being police officers again, probably when they had started the job. But what that job has turned into now is a fucking shit show and a nightmare. And bullshit. Um, so like that, yeah. that was really, really great. And, uh, and if I think if more people went out of their way to do it, and you saw how kind the officers were back to you. I think it would not only make them feel good, but make yourself feel good. And I, and I think that's the segment that you're. you're that's uh, exactly what it. we're getting at. Yeah. So Beth's yeah. whole family. My whole family is law enforcement. Is law enforcement. So it's, dad was a retired DEA agent. Her brother. brother's border patrol. My other brother's a local cop here in town. Just retired. Actually. Um, just retired. So 35 it, years. It's, um, it's near and dear to my heart. So every time I see a police officer, I try to. Show them the respect, A, that they should get, but then also B, say, you know what? We love you. Not everybody is against you. Most of us are with you. So oh, yeah. Try to remember 100%. That. Yeah. 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 You know, do whatever you can. No, thank you so much for sharing Joining that. Joining us. I'm going to yeah. share mine real oh, quick. Oh, you're going to share? I, we'll just, we're going to go through and share. Nope. Share yours. Mine's stupid. I'll share mine. So gardening is good for you. So, if you garden two times a week. It relieves your stress, lowers your blood pressure, and is supposed to get rid of your anxiety. So is that true? Yep. That sounds like bullshit. Nope. <laughs> so, okay. All right. You know if it's on the internet, it's real, right? All right, fuck off. No, no check I, this. Look, I, I know it's true. My, my dad did it, uh, little things like a tomato garden and shit like that. And you're right. For whatever reason, the stupid fucking it's tomato garden. fucking true. Like, Does it count if you kill him? Because I kill everything. Beth's dad my, was... Dude, I, I agent. Go back, I go back and check on the the uh, the work that was being done at the house the other night. My next door neighbor goes, "Hey man, come out back. Check out I my planted a little garden. something. Little yeah, he's got a little tiny garden. Jalapenos, with tomatoes, and all that shit. It's the happiest I've seen that motherfucker in weeks." See, I'm like, all right. her dad was an <laughs> undercover DEA agent when the DEA was created. Like they used to be back badass. in the '60s, and not a bunch of pussies right? that did all. He looked computer like work. fucking what's his name, Donnie Donnie Drake, Don, Donnie Dos, Dos, Rosco, Don, shit. Whatever. Donnie Brasco, yeah. Brasco. Yeah. He looked like that dude. I'll he send did. you a picture. It was of him embarrassing later. as a child. It's fucking rad. And what all the other DA agents would go out and do, they'd go out and drink and hook up and do all that stuff. You know they're married. He'd come home and go garden. Yeah. Him and my mom he would go in the, the back undercover. and garden. So think about it, bro. My dad was a badass. Yeah. He's a- he looked like a badass. He had the I remember my freshman year in high school, he still had like the long hair, the full beard. The shirt open with the gold chains because he was dropping me off on the way to work. And I was like, you, you cannot, Camaro. you cannot drop me out. You have to drop me at the corner. You cannot take me to the front of the school dressed and looking like this. He's like, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, where do I start, daddy? Where do I start? Yeah. Did, did, did he look at Greg and go, why did you marry a guy like that when I'm such a badass and I can fuck your husband <laughs> in front of you? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he was old. I could have taken him at that point, bro. <laughs> also, he had 19 staples in his head. And he had, so. yeah, when I met him, he had just fallen off a fucking bed of a truck. Bed of a truck. Into the corner of a building. We Bringing me furniture in Phoenix. 
That's Dick. awesome. I love you. Bro, hey, so mine is yeah. literally, um, I've said this before, it literally is being able to do this show with you. Aww. And it's it's been 100 episodes, but it's been over a year already. I can't believe it. We, we had to do... A 99 point. Oh, with all our internet problems, 98.1, 98.2. Right. And it's just been one of the fun things. And one of the things that we, one of the main reasons I started doing this was to actually record some episodes with her dad. And I recorded five episodes kind of to just capture his life. And I call him the, the last call, right? So I did five hours with him just to record his him. life. And talking about it. It's all on video. It's all on YouTube. So it's mostly for us because, like, when he's gone, who's going to tell these stories? And how are we going to remember him? Yeah, he just turned 86. Um, This is our way to memorialize him, but also pass his story on to the great grandchildren and the great, great, great grandchildren because he's got an interesting life, dude. He's been been shot at, he's been threatened. It's perfect. I, I did it to my dad on Father's Day maybe four years ago. And same thing, man. Like, I just, in case something happens, here was your grandfather. Tell me about your life. Right. Yep. So my grandfather, uh, our nieces and nephews, because we don't have kids, obviously, but our nieces and nephews, now it's out there. Yeah. You know, and we can just share. And their kids. And I mean, the rest of my Why family has a gazillion kids? children. Say again? Why are you guys having kids? Because I'm old. old. <laughs> no way. How old are you? I'm 51. Shut the fuck up. No. I did not know that. I would have said a lot younger. I was like, I don't understand why you guys don't have kids. You said it earlier, and I was like, what the? We have I, dogs, I figure, bro. I we have, do- we have fur babies. He's seven, um, six and a half years younger than me. I would have said 35, 35. Oh, I love you. You are now, I love you more than Greg See? now. <laughs> well, I understand it, but. Uh, off I, again, number two. <laughs> like, I've met you in real life. No, you did not look 50 fucking one years old. Yeah. Good skin. Shit, I can only thank my parents. Greg? 44. I always tell him he's 46. I forget. Same as you, but, you know. You know what we say. Yeah, yeah, of course. Obviously. Obviously. 30-something. 30, 30 <laughs> um, by the way, that storm's finally moving in here. You lied. All right, bro. I hear the thunder and lightning. Oh, I don't give a shit. Uh, well, if it happens, it happens, man. Um, at this point, dude, I'm above the law. I've, I've beaten fucking hurricanes, <laughs> tornadoes. You name Maybe it. Maybe you shouldn't push it, though. <laughs> no, it's all good. We are good. Maybe not. You're right. Shit. Just hang out for a second here, Ross. I'm going to close out the show here. Just hang out for a minute. Hey, sure. just real quick, everybody. So close this out. Thanks, everybody, for joining in tonight. Uh, Ian, come get a beer. Evan Haley, we miss you. Love you. Uh, thanks, military first, first responders. responders. <laughs> All the frontline folks that take care of this and make sure we can do, do this, this shit on a regular basis. Thank you so much. And... Ross Patterson, real quick, where can everybody find you at? And what do you got going on real quick next? Shit, tomorrow, NFL Draft. Um, live on Drinking Bros Sports. Uh, Monday through Friday, Drinking Bros um, is, is out 1.30 Central every day, usually-ish. Um, Ross Patterson Revolution. Um, obviously, all the St. James Street James books. Um, or out Absolutely. there. I feel like there's so many things that I'm just a dick for like naming like a. Let me oh. say. All right, real quick. Be proud. Right, we're gonna keep this going. I want the seltzer to come out. That way, I can be like, <laughs> just go buy the fucking seltzer. Just get hammered. Eight percent <laughs> seltzer. I was thinking about yeah, that today. I was like, I might fall it's over. This fall. I'm tired of dealing with lawyers. I just want this fucking thing out into the world. And it's gonna that's be right. it. Like, and you're yeah. gonna be a millionaire. 
Fuck it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I well, hope so. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. More good. than a million, Greg. Let's go more than it. Let's shoot All right. more than a million. A, 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 a multi millionaire. How about multi millionaire? Let's, let's go. Let's go higher than that. Okay. Hundred millionaire. Money. Hundred. I want to be able to. I want to be able to piss on people like out in like the public. Just five hundred. What are we talking? What's piss? What is piss on people money? Is that a hundred? Thirty. Thirty. Nah. Let's go. Thirty. I'd piss on a stranger and be like. Oh yeah, you know, stranger. Who gig. gives a fuck? Homeless person. Yeah, and like, Here, here's ten. Here's ten grand. Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> Shut up. Shut like up. That. Yeah. Like thirty million would do that. Where it's just you start giving everybody ten grand for doing stupid shit all the time. Like slap somebody because your money's here's making money. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> just throw ten grand. Just throw wads of money at them. No, but I want it banded. So it's like no. Wait, that's what I'm saying. You just throw packets of money at somebody. Oh, I so want to be able to like a guy. Yeah, but she wants to make it rain. I want to make it rain. And then he goes, hey, why did you do that? And then I pull out my 10 grand with a banner out and I slap Stop. him with that again. And I'm like, because you won't shut the fuck up, dude. You just will not shut up. And then you look boom. like you deserved it. Yeah. And then here's 10,000. Just get just get the fuck out of my face. I can't. I can't get a haircut. A shower. Yep. Yep. Because, I mean, think about it. What in everyday life, if you gave somebody 10 grand, they'd let you do anything pretty much. You'd be like, all right, sweet. What are you, where are you at? The grocery store. Here's 10 grand. Oh, you can open up one of those cartons of ice cream and take shit in it. I don't give a That's fine. It's not my ice cream up, anyway. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm not buying the ice cream, but. 10K, they probably let me rip open like a, a fucking Rocky Road and then just deuce in it, seal it back up, put it back in. They're like, yo, I'm not going to say Peace. I worked yeah, at the grocery store for a long time, and that's not a lie. Yeah. It's like, hey, Probably. let the customer deal with it when he gets home, man. Ross, thank you so much. Thank you to the whole crew that's watching in here. All you guys, the Nooners, everybody else. Love y'all. Thank you so much. Ross, Thanks for all our friends that joined so us on much. Facebook for too, guys. Second, we love you. Bro. I appreciate it. All right. Love Good you. Good night.